0: to the next episode of Across the Gun Counter. I'm your co-host Joe Riva, joined by my co-host Tyler Weaver over here. What's up, guys? Alrighty. Alrighty. And today we're going to be talking about the SKS. Before we get into it, uh what's been new in the shop lately, Tyler? What what came in lately for you?
1: Oh man, one of the things I was actually working on this morning is one of those uh fight light uh belt fed AR uppers. I'm cutting that down and god damn are they hard. Uh, just trying to part the barrel off in my lathe. Uh just about burned up one of my high speed tool bits, so I ended up having to switch to carbide just to get the damn thing cut in half. So, it's almost like they're case hardened.
0: Damn. And that's just an, and so that's just basically a belt fit AR upper, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, a lot of proprietary stuff on it though, so you can't just take that barrel and throw it on a normal AR upper.
0: Oh, really? So and I believe
1: even yeah, I believe even uh, with the lower, you have to have a special uh, magazine release or something of that nature. I don't have the lower in shop because he's um, going to be throwing this upper on an SBR. Oh, so okay. he has all that with him. Oh, uh, gotcha. I only got the upper for uh, shortening the barrel up on it.
0: Nice. That's, that's pretty so, cool, though. Not often you get to see a belt fit AR. Yeah.
1: yeah, definitely the first one in my shop. So what have you guys had to come in?
0: Ah, phew. anything good lately? You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to think of some cool guns. We had a, uh, we had, weirdly enough, we've had a couple PTR rifles come in lately. Uh, we had a, a PTR 9R come in the other week. One of those. Oh, yeah. 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 Those nine millimeter uh, MP5 uh, rifles. Pretty sweet. It's, it's funny. Cause you see that long 16 inch barrel on it and you just look at yeah, it and they look just, a
1: little goofy, but
0: they look a little goofy, but I sit there and look at them and that's right for an SBR. Like all you need yeah. to do is chop that down and put a tri lug on there, and or you're good to go. Or even just do the barrel swap, and it's you mm-hmm. know all made in the U.S. so You don't have to worry about 922R compliancy or any of that nonsense. So yep, yep, yeah, we had that oh, come in already, man. Yeah, so alrighty, the SKS today. <laughs> Why are we talking about the SKS though, Tyler?
1: Oh, I mean the SKS is a great rifle. I mean from the ground up, really, it's basically a scaled down version of the m1 Garand, if you could consider it uh, from a strictly military perspective you know that coming straight out of world war ii it was what designed in 1945 yeah the sks was originally designed in
0: 1945 uh, during the end of world war ii uh there's some debate whether prototypes saw combat in world war ii i don't believe Mm -hmm. they did and i think it's a far stretch that they would have it just doesn't make sense to me
1: i don't believe so either but um, i mean just imagine this from you know okay not looking at the internal mechanics or anything like that but i mean you have a smaller more manageable m1 grand and we saw how well the m1 Grand worked
0: mm-hmm. eight rounds 30-06 semi-automatic you know squad infantry weapon every every single person can have it even though it was a big you know a, a full-size rifle cartridge you know everyone could handle mm-hmm. it very well so with the SKS, same same kind of doctrine was in mind. They wanted to have a semi-automatic for everyone. Um, yeah, and you yep, got a
1: nice, a decently long barrel on it. More magazine.
0: Yep, you have the bayonet right there. You have ten rounds of seven six two thirty nine. I mean, it's funny because I think when we think about it, you say scaled down, the, the first the first rifle that came to mind was the SVT forty. But not everyone knows the SVT forty. Like, yeah, like true, everyone knows true. the the M1 Garand. And um, th- you know that's something to be said. Yeah, the SVT forty is getting more known and. I've seen a lot more people talking about it over the years, but yeah, it's, you know, a lot of people consider that like the Soviet grand, though. It The SVT-40 gets overlooked by the SKS, I think, quite often, I think, because there's just so many more SKSs out there.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's a fascinating rifle from a his- historical standpoint, from a military standpoint, everything about it, all the variations. I think every, almost every Soviet country produced them under the Iron Curtain. Uh, Poland had their variation, Romania... China, China was probably one of the biggest producers of the SKS that comes yep, to mind. I absolutely. mean, I mean, hell for the for the blog post I wrote uh, a while back. I mean, what were the three examples we had? All Chinese. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, where can people find that blog post? Uh, over at acrosstheguncounter.com. dot com. Little there shout out there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the other reason why we're doing the SKS too. Is we we both have a huge passion for the SKS. It's it's a very fun rifle. It's a very like I said, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point, but it's a very interesting rifle, you know, being produced across so many countries. And like we were talking about the the Chinese one in particular, and having we had three examples in front of us, which was really cool because we had three three examples of three SKSs, same country of origin, all completely different. They well, all had
1: like noticeably different.
0: Yeah, and and you see that in the pictures. There was there was two photos up on the website. Uh, you know, I'm gonna try and maybe make a link, maybe make a. uh a link post or something, so I can put some more pictures up there, so people can see what we're talking about. But the the three we had, we had an original, like an early style. Mine is actually one of the Type fifty sixes. That was one of the first two years production, uh, which or I believe it was first two years. Uh, it was called the Ghost uh, a Ghost Gun style, where they had basically no arsenal marking and just a serial number. And those were basically the first ones set up on Russian tooling by the Russians for the Chinese. And so they were basically just the Chinese were making them oversaw them by the Russians. So they had the best quality you could at the time. Yeah. Um, contrary to popular belief where everyone thinks that Chinese stuff, it's cheaper. It's a no, a lot of the, the Chinese no com block more. guns. No, they are some of the finest. Yeah, no, out not there. When it was, uh, not when it was based on Soviet design and it was set up directly by the Soviets. And, yes. you know, as, as much as I hate the ideology of the communists, um, I love their weapons. They <laughs> they are I mean, some of it, the. It, it
1: was great for gun manufacturing.
0: Oh, it was absolutely fantastic for firearm manufacturing, and when it comes to the Chinese ones too, the Chinese really you know they took to the adoption of the SKS so much that they were using it up until the the late seventies, early eighties, up until the sino uh sino Vietnamese War, which is another war that people yep. uh, most here in the United States don't even know that Vietnam and China went to war after we did in the seventies. And, uh, yeah, so what was funny about that was China was still using the SKS up until up until that point, And they kind of got, you know, depending on who you talk to, the, they got their asses handed to them by the Vietnamese. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not going to keep going <laughs> down that route. Yeah. But, um, you know, so and one of the reasons that they 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 lost in combat was they were following the old Soviet style doctrine. Chinese. The, the Chinese military wasn't really modernized at that time. And when I say they were f- following the old Russian-style doctrine, I'm talking about the average soldier was equipped with the SKS, whereas the squad commander or support soldiers or shock troops might have the the AKs. And the reason being was the AK was meant more to supplement the Soviet submachine guns like the PPSHs, the PPS-43s, things of that nature in the Soviet military initially. So when it came to Soviet military, when they had seen that the AK was a superior firearm to the SKS, they basically said, well, instead of just keep producing SKSs as a frontline rifle, we're just going to replace every troop with the AK, and it worked very successfully for the Russians in the Cold War. Chinese, when they went to war and, you know, they had SKSs, and then <clears throat> their support guys or only their squad we- you know, leaders had the automatic weapons, it didn't work out so hot for them when the enemy all had automatic weapons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a tangent there, but, yeah, it's it's true. It's, it's a great rifle, but... I mean, in the Cold War, it got outclassed pretty pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you don't see um, as big of a following with SKS's as you do the AK rifle.
0: It's very true. The AK has so many variations, and the SKS has a lot, too. And I, I think the, the SKS goes over looks more time and time. Like I said, case in point, I know I keep going back to the Chinese SKS's. We had three different ones. We had a very early style with the blade bayonet. We had yep. a, I believe, what was the the second one we had? Because that was yours or your wife's? I forget.
1: Um, my wife's. Yeah, okay. she has a early. Well, not as early as yours, but still earlier. Uh, Vietnam bring back. So that was a vet bring back that has a blade bayonet on it.
0: Okay, yeah, that was, and you saw the shade of the stock on too. If you if you look at the the pictures of the two. You can definitely just tell the shades and the different styles of the stocks.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's like a very yellow amber color
0: versus mine, which was more dark dark brown. But and then yours, which was the most recent import, which is kind of funny enough.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it does have import markings. But <laughs> I was looking for a essentially beat to shit SKS. You know, there's something about looking at very pretty guns all day. I like a nice change of pace. Sometimes I just like a gun that looks like it's been through the ringer. well yeah i
0: mean it 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 has character now it does absolutely it it really has character and where it came from too no less you said this batch was from albania i believe
1: yes yeah so supposedly this one was imported from albania though it is not an albanian manufactured sks
0: so even those are worth big bucks yeah that's that's the thing where we're talking about all the variations the sks has you know you're you're your most common typically you'll see on the market are going to be your Chinese, your Yugoslavian, and your Russian, you know, your Russian do bring a premium, but your Russian are pretty common. Actually, I'd say a little yeah, more I mean, common. You have people to look think. at the numbers. Yeah. I mean, ha- Russia
1: was the main manufacturing, uh, main manufacturer of the SKS and China. So, I mean, they were fucking cranking them out.
0: Oh, absolutely. For the, for the first few years that they were making them. And, you know, y- like, I was at the show last weekend, for instance, and I was looking all over for SKS's. Now, this show in particular was all more military surplus, more old guns and things of that nature, you know. The good stuff, if you will. And <laughs> you know I was going there. And uh, yep, so yep. so I'm looking around, and, you know, me and my buddy were trying to get, you know, just average prices on everything. He pulls me aside. He goes, yeah, look, Joe. I go, what? They had a Yugo M fifty nine sixty six up there for almost a thousand dollars. We both kind of scoffed and Jesus, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I, I understand that SKSs are not being imported like they were by the crate load. I, I something people need to keep in mind was SKSs used to be imported so cheap they were one hundred eighty bucks in the Shotgun News back in the day. Yeah. Every every importer and their grandmother had them for. Hundred fifty bucks, hundred eighty bucks. You go. Che- be
1: honest, most of the people that bought them bought them just because it was a cheap rifle.
0: Exactly, they bought them because it was cheap. And how much did the ammo used to go for? Seven six two thirty nine. God,
1: I I don't even remember. Dirt I mean, cheap.
0: oh uh, yeah, they they were practically giving it away.
1: Mm-hmm. So now, like, since you mentioned the Yugo S K S, let's mm-hmm. touch on that because yeah. I really like what, um, well, the former Yugoslavia was doing with. A lot of the, uh, what do you want to call them, like Soviet Com block rifles Mm -hmm. or just firearms in general. So basically Yugoslavia would take a design and make all sorts of modifications, which kind of sucks from an aftermarket uh, standpoint. You can't Mm -hmm. get any parts other than Yugoslavian parts to fit it. But I mean, just look at all the the, uh, little modifications that they made to it. What they end up going with, you have the grenade launching capabilities built right into the rifle.
0: Yeah, that flip-up sight for that. Yeah, you had the whole grenade launcher, the whole front sight. The the stocks were slightly different, um, yep. but th- for the most part the same. I think I, a little bulkier, not I they? think they were a little bulkier. I think uh, someone you someone, got a uh, recoil pad with them. Yeah, you they you had that little recoil pad, and but I think the stocks were interchangeable if I'm recall- if I recall correctly, like the widths and everything, they they weren't different like the AKs were. Like the, the, I know because the, the AK was, it, be. Hmm, I'm curious. We're I, gonna know, to, I don't. I can't say, I can't say I've ever tried to swap one out. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're interchangeable between the two. Um. But the thing is too, you'd have to look is, well, I guess it depends on what two SKS you're looking at. Cause if yeah. I guess the main thing you're going to have to worry about up front is if the bayonet is going to be a blade or spike bayonet, but all oh, the, yeah, that... yeah, but I was gonna say all the, the Yugos are all blade bayonets to my knowledge. Yes, they are. Yeah, so... But the, the Yugos, you know, actually had two variations. They had the M-59 and they had the M-59-66.
1: And then what's the difference between those two? Do you so, know?
0: yeah, so the difference between the two is the M-59 is basically just the direct copy where it doesn't have the grenade launcher front sight and all that stuff on it. It's just a plain, okay. it's just a plain SKS, basically. And then the 66, which is the more common of the two, has that grenade launcher front sight uh, and the grenade launching abilities. Yeah, so they have that... Uh... The
1: flip up night sights sorry if you can hear my dog bark in the background uh
0: i know two basset
1: hounds that just love to bark at every goddamn thing they see and Uh, we live in the woods so they see a lot
0: (laughs) that's that's nice ricky's ricky's kind of quiet over here today he's not uh he's not i'm sure he'd make he'll make an appearance on the show like duke will at some (laughs) point (laughs) oh i'm sure but yeah man i mean like the yugo's
1: the Yugo SKS was one of the first SKS's I ever had experience with. I picked it up at a gun show. I think at the time it was like 300 bucks, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, that you know, just shows how
0: much times have changed, too.
1: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, took it out, shot it, and, I mean, I had an AK before this and just really impressed with it, just how well it handled with that cartridge having that much more mass to it compared to an AK. You know, fixed wooden stock. Everything's wood, so it's comfortable, I don't know. I just, I fell
0: in love with it. Yeah, dude. they're there's, there's just one, <laughs> one of the first times I picked up an SKS. I don't know if I ever told you this. This is, this is really funny. The first time I actually picked up an SKS as comfortable as they are to shoot, they are short rifles. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I'm a short dude, so it fits me. <laughs> so it fits you. And it's, it's funny because the first time I ever actually picked one up, I actually went to go kind of shoulder it. And I kind of almost like threw it over my shoulder because it was like, <laughs> I, you know, you're like almost expecting that little extra length. And I was like, well, yep. uh, same thing with the VZ-58 kind of because the VZ-58 has that kind of short stock style as well. Yeah, they're a little shorter. Yeah, but that's hey, that's part of part of the rifle too. And again, who was the who was the rifle designed for initially? It was designed for the Soviets and what was the average build of the average Soviet at the time? You know, they yeah, weren't not big. Yeah, they weren't, you know, six foot you know, six foot nine or even five foot eleven at that. I believe it Met was communism. What do you want? Exactly, we give you potatoes and vodka. That's it, uh, and <laughs> that was kind of how they lived. Well, a funny, funny little side note. I believe it was the T fifty four T fifty five tanks. They actually required the drivers to be under five five. Really? Uh, like, yeah, tank crews, not just the drivers. Like the actual crews had to be under five five to fit in the tank. So I am questioning uh. where they got this um, surplus of shorter, shorter <laughs> soldiers to work tanks and these and these rifles. But question for yeah. another day, I guess. Just lower the age limit. Just lower the age limit. I mean, yeah, it's only communism, right? Yeah. So they don't really <laughs> anyway, care Anyway, back is. to what we were talking about. <laughs> but the SKS, in short, the variations, the Yugoslavians, they're really cool. Like I said, they have two different variations, you know, the M59 and the m 5966 The grenade launcher is the most unique feature giveaway that you'll see from afar, seeing a Yugoslavian versus a Chinese or Russian. Yeah, plus just the
1: color of the wood. A lot of the Yugoslavian uh, import rifles have a very distinct wood to them.
0: They do. They have like and that blondish. Um...
1: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what type of wood it is, though.
0: But I know working with it, it definitely doesn't sand like anything else I'm used to. No, it's it's definitely slightly different shades. Even like the Chinese and the Russian ones. The Russians have that. All Russians have that shellac, like when they have there's there's something mm-hmm. about that old wood shellac aesthetic look. That you have with the rifles that you just, you don't have with the modern, modern Russian firearms or modern firearms in general, but you can always tell the Soviet (laughs) versus the Chinese or Soviet versus the the Yugoslavian Mm. or Albanian and whatnot. I mean, actually funny, a little bit about, I mean, you actually made some shellac recently in your shop, no? Yeah, I
1: had a a customer, he had a Mosin-Nagant that he wanted refinished correctly. And by correctly, he meant he wanted it done with shellac the way it would have looked coming straight out of, well, the Soviet Union. So I dove down the rabbit hole, okay, you know, went to Home Depot, was like, hey, they don't sell shellac. Imagine that. Huh, they don't so, sell shellac at Home Depot? Did you try Lowe's? Okay, well, not the kind of shellac that I need. Ah, got So, yep, went down the rabbit hole, and it turns out it's made with this, uh, what they call, like, lac seed that you mm-hmm. have to mix with, denatured alcohol to break it down and that is your actual finish so yeah you have to strain it because i guess oh in a very uh broken down way it's basically bugs eat the sap from the tree and shit it out and that is what you mix in with your alcohol Ah, that that's my understanding of it yeah so So who's
0: collecting all this i don't know but some some poor russian sap if you will
1: (laughs) yeah so that like i said that's my understanding of it but basically mix it all up strain it and brush it on nice and heavy like they used to and it dries insanely quick so you you really have to work quick which makes sense why they just kind of slapped it on and you see it everywhere Mm -hmm. so metal parts doesn't matter like you know pretty much by the time you brush the stock like the butt stock get up to the fore and go back down it's already dry
0: okay yeah I remember you, yeah, like, you show me a little bit of it and it was just lobbed yeah, over everything it's insanely fast cool.
1: drying tough to work with but you know what it gives you a nice hard finish i mean it flakes over the years but for what the soviets were going for it was perfect
0: Exactly. The, the main and reason it's not like they don't have
1: trees in Russia to collect it from. No,
0: exactly. Russia, half of Russia's trees. Um I mean, and if I recall correctly, the reason they coated it in that was to protect it in the winter mainly or it was it was better protection against the snow if I recall correctly for for water protection, right? So
1: I believe so. It's a very like uh... Sealing finish to
0: it. It's yes. not like linseed oil or something like that. So nothing would actually creep into it in like extreme temperatures and stuff like that. Or extreme temperatures or Correct. things of that nature. Cool. Hey, Joey, let's take a pause here. I'm going to see if I can get Duke to calm down. Shit. All right. And we're back. All right. So one thing we we, we can't talk about the SKS, Tyler, without talking about the unfortunate, the unfortunate side of the SKS. Yeah, the the dark
1: side. The dark Uh, side. People modifying
0: them. Yeah, the Bubba. Bubba and the SKS. Bubba, no! (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's one of the biggest, I think, unfortunate sides of the SKS is how much people modify the SKS now. And at one point, I could see people arguing for modifying the SKS. I can't really see a point of it nowadays.
1: No. So let's first start off by admitting that most of the time, the firearms that people would modify were cheap firearms that were just generally disregarded.
0: Yeah, they were military well, surplus like, guns. They came in by the barrel loads, you know, crate loads. Mm-hmm. It's They weren't collectible like they are today. Yeah, and just like everything else in history,
1: you know, at one point in time, nobody cares about it. Eventually, it starts getting
0: more appreciated, and then we kind of look down on what people used to do to it. Exactly, and I mean, so. we, we've seen that in our, just the past few years, with just surplus and different parts kits, too. I mean, we haven't, yeah. uh, unfortunately, we kind of missed all the, the golden age of imports, if you will, but... Yeah, I would say so. But, you know, we, I mean, we even saw just a couple of years ago, like, with the, I know it's a little off topic, but, like, the AMD65 kits, those Hungarian kits, those used to be everywhere for, like, 400 bucks, 500 bucks. You can't find them anywhere Yeah, because nobody wanted them. Yeah, no one wanted them. Now, you can't find them. Yep. So... Like the SKSs, you know, no one wanted them at one point. Now everyone kind of kind of looks for them. I actually had, weirdly enough, I actually had a woman come in the shop looking for an SKS the other day. I forgot to mention, or maybe I didn't. mention. I can see that. I mean, it, yeah.
1: it it honestly is a great woman's rifle.
0: Oh, it absolutely you know? is. Uh, it was just interesting to just for a military surplus. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm really happy to hear yeah. that. Uh, you know, but you know,
1: now that I think about it, I mean, think about it from a woman's perspective. You got the short re- the short length of pull. You have very big uh uh features to operate it with i mean the bolt you got this big solid knob the safety's a giant switch you know a throw switch
0: yeah, you're absolutely I mean, right really it it it's great yeah now that i think about it too a while ago i went shooting i brought my one friend too and she actually tried the sks and she tried the and the m44 and she was like out no oh, yeah we're not yeah, shooting that. that and then but the sks she shot all right along with the 22 but she was like yeah no nope. you, you made me shoot that one and no uh, still holds it, still holds, holds me, you know, holds it against me to this day, but <laughs> anyway, back on, back on topic, but, uh, back on topic <laughs> with the SKS. Yeah. So when you, when you come into the modification part of it, the, the Bubba people change, they change out the stocks. They put polymer stocks on them. They, they make them. So they take these goofy duckbill style detachable magazines. And I, I really, this is going to be a rant here. So just, with me. I oh, don't understand I don't understand the duckbill style magazines. There is nothing you gain with an advantage of one of those SKS duckbill style magazines. There's no advantage you get over a uh, traditional AK style detachable magazine or the stripper clips that you can just top off your SKS. Yeah, just with. run
1: the di- the damn strippers. It's it, that's what it's designed for.
0: Exactly. It's it's it ain't a party without strippers, all right? So you need to run your strippers <laughs> and your SKSs. So, let's put it that way. And I I just love it. Right. I I just, I don't, I honestly don't understand it. It just takes so much longer. Any mag pouch you have, it's not going to accept it. It's, it's going to have this goofy little extension sticking out the side of it. I just mm-hmm. I, I, I don't get it. Like, and they're if you're
1: susceptible gonna... to damage. You have this big flimsy piece of sheet metal. Exactly. So, now you're... That, that's all it is. It's just bent sheet metal yeah, to it... make up that difference.
0: Exactly. And, and you're giving all this extra room for dirt and debris to get into the rifle. If you're gonna put the duckbill style magazine on it, just here's here's how you properly modify an SKS to accept a detachable magazine. You take your SKS, you put it in the safe, and you go by an AK platform. Got that? <laughs> That's how you do it. All right, rant over. Ooh, that felt better.
1: Oh, yeah. I have to admit, though, I've done it. Ah, damn it, Tyler! (laughs) (laughs) I started off with a Yugo SKS, and I'm like, you know what? Let's see how far we can go with this. Again, back in the day when everybody disregarded them because they weren't Russian or Chinese. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, we're going for the Tapco stock. We're going for... The the duckbill drum magazine. We gotta do it right. And you know what? That freaking thing would run all day long. (laughs) Uh, Do you still have this rifle? Nah, traded it for an Arsenal uh, SLR 107. Ah, you saw
0: the you saw you saw the uh, you saw the light. Good, good. good, I
1: saw the light at the end of the tunnel. And now, go ahead and look up what the Arsenal uh, 107s are.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's a proper proper platform to run 76239 with detachable magazines on
1: oh yeah and i sbr'd it yeah
0: that's oh yeah that's the one. Oh, that one's sweet yeah i know i know the yep. exact one you're talking about in your collection yep. that's a that's a good one
1: yep so think about that a bubba sks got traded for that
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's <laughs> that,
1: that was back in the uh the heyday of uh arms list
0: Well, that's, you know, that shows, that shows too with the prices of AKs. And in our time, I remember the first AK I ever got was, and now granted, this was in New Jersey, so it was a neutered Wasser 10, and I paid five, five, I want to say 500 bucks for it. And this was at this one shop, not too far from me, in back when I lived in New Jersey. And... Yeah, 500 bucks. Now a Wasser 10, I think, is 900 is the MSRP, something like that. Oh, yeah. I remember it,
1: my buddy it, got one for, like, 300 out the door.
0: Oh, yeah. The first time I s- ever saw one, I was actually out in Carlisle, and there was, like, a sporting goods store that had it. And that's actually how I also learned about straw sales and stuff of that nature. <laughs> because I had accidentally we'll said We'll save some, that for another yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a conversation for another day. But the, the but the fact of the matter was, they, they, they were 300 bucks. And I was like, dude, that's yeah. awesome. Like, sweet. And get an AK for 300 bucks. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you you see the prices of how everything has changed. Now, I, I you mean ARs used to be th- over $1000 for the standard. Now they're you can build one for under 400 bucks. 500 bucks if mm-hmm. you re- I mean if you really wait and are patient, you can do it for under 500 bucks. You can't do that yeah. with an AK nowadays. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, not at all.
0: No. So, yeah, I mean the SKS in comparison to the AK, you really can't you really can't build an SKS. You can't really go get a parts kit and throw together an SKS. So nope. it's, it's, you know, the AK is a, I don't want to say a simpler, simpler rifle to produce in production, but I mean, what would you say? What, what do you think the easier rifle would be to produce for the long run? Cause obviously the, the Soviet military and all that, they, they went for it with other reasons outside of just the semi-automatic and, you know, that capabilities, I, I have to yeah, imagine I mean, production was much easier in the long run on the S or on the AKs.
1: Yeah. The thing you got to look out too with uh, the SKS, I mean, if we're, all right, if we're going with. AK, you got to think of the, oh, what, the Type 1? Should we go with the Type 1? Because that was stamped. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't great. And then they went to milled receivers, which honestly was probably worse than the SKS <laughs> when you're talking about machining from a raw billet of steel. Yeah, you'd have, you know, a, you lot have more. a much bigger piece of steel you have to work with compared to the SKS receiver. So, That's very true. Yeah, fast forward to the stamped sheet metal like the AKM. Okay, that's going to be extremely cheap to manufacture compared to the SKS. But you have to remember, the milled receiver AK was the what the first to be adopted by the Russian military.
0: Yeah, the, the type. I don't
1: think they actually adopted type type the type threes. 1, did they?
0: Uh, we'd actually have to go back and look that up. I'm actually not 100% sure. I think there was some adoption of it. Because I, I remember seeing some they could have just been early pictures I saw a clash and I yeah I it. I don't
1: know if it was like fully fielded
0: though you know what I mean no it like, w- uh, I wouldn't say l- it was like standard fielded. issue no I, I know the development of the the AK was extremely secretive too mm-hmm. um, so I I can't imagine they would let a bunch of faulty ones get out there with and it having you know tarnish that idea of the the Soviet Union coming out with this new superior uh, you know rifle if you will
1: yep yep. Yeah, so from a from a cost perspective, comparing it to the milled one, eh, it might be pretty close.
0: Hmm. Cost be close you with know, that. Wood's but once... cheap,
1: but again, you you know it's very susceptible to <laughs> breaking, cheap. cracking. Yeah, wood's cheap. You know, warping. <laughs> so, you have to finish you have to maintain. Eh. It's tough to say.
0: It's tough to say, but but if it was looking at stamped versus milled, you'd say the stamped would probably be the easier of the two to build. Oh, uh, yeah. If
1: you're looking at, like, the AKM versus the SKS, AKM Mm -hmm. all day.
0: Okay. Now, what about, like, the parts, too, the gas system, stuff like that, comparatively? Is the production, like, because I believe the one has a two-piece gas system where the other has a one-piece?
1: Yeah, so you have to look at it like the SKS, you have two separate uh, pistons. You have uh, Mm -hmm. the initial piston that the gas acts on, and then you have a little extension inside the rear sight block, and that's really what kicks that bolt back. So with the the AK, the piston's attached to the bolt, so that whole thing's moving as one. Nothing can go wrong with that system. While it's in the gun. I mean, granted, you could take it out and, you know, bend it, break it, whatever you want to do to it. But while it's in the gun, you know, the piston's attached to the bolt. When that piston moves, the whole bolt's moving. Mm-hmm. With the SKS, you have essentially three pieces that have to work together. So, so you, have you know, more room for failure. You... Yeah, more room for failure. Yeah. So you have that going against it. Um The other big thing with the SKS is that tapered firing pin. If you look at the, the nose of the firing pin, it's essentially a cone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, if you know anything about uh, friction, once you slam one cone into a hole, well, it has a tendency to bind up. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when they would get dirty, you essentially have an open bolt machine gun.
0: Well, I was going to say the the SKS always had a historical uh, tendency for the, the slam fire, which for yep. those who don't know is basically what Tyler just described was it basically turns into a machine gun. Essentially, it just gets skunked up in the firing pin and it gets up against that cone and it just keeps going until there's yep. until there's nothing until that fire
1: pin breaks loose or yeah you run out of ammo
0: yeah so um you, you'll see you've you've heard if you'll ever see or hear people at the range of a rifle running away that's what we're basically describing is the AK has a tendency to run away and slam fire um, it's SKS. not a fully polio- I'm sorry the SKS not the AK um, yeah the SKS has a tendency to slam fire and run away uh 49 is similar to that too but that's a rifle for another day and mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah the yeah, that's always been a problem with the SKS, a, a problem, quotation marks. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, If you, <laughs> it, it, it's a very simple thing to remedy. It's just clean out your firing pin. The SKS is a very user-friendly rifle, even for an early semi-automatic. I really wouldn't even call it an early semi-automatic, because it was 1945.
1: semi-automatics so were pretty uh,
0: prevalent at that time. Yeah, but, I'd say that would be the, uh, s- the silver age of semi-automatic rifles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, the silver age. Um, yeah, but no, it's very, very user friendly, very easy to maintain. Something, something I even touched base on in the article is, you know, hey, is it a useful rifle today? Absolutely. If you train with your rifle, it's an affordable ammunition, especially if you're shorter build. It's friendly in every state in the country, um, assuming you're in the mm-hmm. United States. Um, yeah, there's, there's no reason not to own yeah, one. It's 10 round magazine, yeah, right? Ten round magazine, fixed magazine yeah. too, so you don't have no to worry threaded about threaded barrel. Day. No threaded barrel. I think the only states where they're actually illegal and there's. In California, I believe the M5966 is specifically called out by name because of the grenade launcher. Because you know, okay, because yep, you know, yep. gangbangers are running around launching SKS, you know, grenades off of SKSs, and so, so you can't even buy those. Uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> you know, Oh my god, we just gotta have a we just gotta have a talk. We, we'll have to have uh, just a talk on California one day and the nonsense that yep, that is. Yep. but. Yeah, and I think New Jersey has the law too, where you can you can own an SKS that has a detachable magazine, but that's it. Um, mm-hmm. But but other than that, so just the base format surplus SKS you can own everywhere. So yeah, it, you know it's a good it's a great secondary rifle. It's a good l- rifle to learn on until you can afford an AK. You know something to practice yeah. on. Ammo's cheap. I I love them. I only have one in my collection right now. I do. I I really think I'm gonna try and add a Russian one sooner or later. Mm-hmm uh i mean especially with the way the prices are going i'd rather get one before they get more expensive
1: yeah yeah
0: i mean if if you had to go get one like what what, what's your grail of the sks because there's i mean we could talk about the sks for hours let's (laughs) be honest and i mean of the variations there's some of the the more rare ones like the north korean the east german the vietnamese the albanian albanian albanian
1: An albanian would be my pick i mean these huge vent holes in the wooden handguard. It just looks like a jack o' lantern.
0: Yeah, it's it's super cool. It's probably out of all the variations of the SKS, it's the most unique looking outside of the 59. It's 66. the ugliest. Just say yeah, that. It's the <laughs> ugliest. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's the ugliest because I think it's cool. Um, I think it's cool. You know, I mean, so everyone... do I.
1: But yeah, that 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 would be my holy grail
0: SKS yeah, right there. That'd be cool getting an Albanian one. I've seen them floating around. They're, they're the mm-hmm. easiest of the the tough ones to get, which is nice. So that's definitely a little bit more obtainable than me trying to find a North Korean one for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I would I would love to have a North Korean one. Reason being, mm-hmm. just you know, just the Korean War is just so fascinating, and it's something that's not really talked about. And although the SKS did not serve in the Korean War, uh, just mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, hey, it's North Korea. It's, we, we don't get anything from there. So there's not a lot, you know, the, the odds of finding one of those is I'm never going to find one. So it would just be cool to have yep. that. That's my grail one. You know, Hey, yep. Yep. Better luck finding an East German, which would be, eh, I'll settle for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll settle for an East German SKS one day. So, <laughs> so all righty, man, anything else you want to add about the SKS? Ah, man, there's, there's really not a whole lot I can say aside from everyone go get yourself an SKS guys, gals, doesn't matter they're affordable right now you can find a chinese or yugoslavian for well under a thousand if you go to a show you can find a russian for under a thousand most likely Uh, just avoid i'd say you're gonna pay premium if you go online simple as that Um, the sks is a rifle for everyone your wife has one i had a woman come in the other day looking for an sks which i mean hey tyler his and hers sks that's that's like absolutely yeah my wife have them yeah see there you go Guys, gals, I mean, hey, you, you, for guy idea for a first date, go get his and hers SKSs, just saying. <laughs> Take a page from Tyler's book. So, Absolutely. Hey, it worked for us. Exactly. So can't complain there. So on that note, guys, um, hey, until next time, uh, where can they find you at, Tyler?
1: Uh, they can find me at Precision Rifle Works on Instagram, Facebook, and at PrecisionRifleWorks.com
0: all right and uh you can find me over on instagram as well at site pictures 762 um you can also find our page at you know instagram as well at across the gun counter or follow us at across the you can find all our content there we're going to be posting updates posting the blog check out the blog we already have an article up there on the sks just a little write-up we did i think you guys will enjoy it if you enjoyed this episode and hey until next time guys stay safe and don't do anything we wouldn't do
1: take care guys